Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmate's flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Hey, everybody. It's In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan Frederick, as always. And I want to thank you all for listening and for downloading. And also make sure to subscribe to whatever feed you're listening to this on. Leave us a nice five-star review. Helps build us up those charts, gets more downloads, and it just helps the site overall. And if you haven't already, please consider subscribing to our Patreon, uh, patreon.com backslash fightgamemedia. You get... uh, I think it's five shows a week plus extra ones every once in a while. It works out to about 25 shows a month and uh, a lot of good content in wrestling, boxing, MMA, even got some uh, TV reviews, got Cobra Kai review coming up soon. I'm looking forward to that with uh, Christy Petrillo and Garrett Gonzalez and Garrett and uh, Robert Silva have the uh, Mike reviews from the Hulu series. So uh, yeah, it's all good stuff and uh, all for just five bucks a month. So consider checking that out. But uh, we got, we're the MMA guys, and uh, Ryan, it was, uh, it was a noteworthy weekend, and we'll get into that in a second, but um, we got some real bad news on, I think it was, was it Sunday morning that this broke? This is uh, our we got to talk about. Yeah, well, actually late last night, early this morning. Okay, so yeah, so, so we're recording on Monday, so yeah, it was Sunday, yes, Sunday night, Monday yeah. morning. Um, Elias Theodoro passed away, and... Uh, I, I mean, I I was shocked. Um, I don't know if you were aware that he was sick. I I didn't. I I was, I, I was not, and then as far as I know, nobody was. He was no, very and then, quiet like, about it. Yeah, he was diagnosed. Like from what uh, our, our friend Jason Hagom told me, and I assume he got it from somewhere else. But the um, he was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer uh, like a month ago, and uh, man, it was fast and. Uh, we, I guess so, so we should talk about Elias Theodoro for those that don't know. And I mean, you know, it's it's funny because in now in these times, like when UFC is like not as big and, you know, like where, where people aren't watching every single show, but there's still a lot of people that were familiar with Elias Theodoro. Like somebody, um, one of our wrestling fans in our, one of our little chat groups said to me, wasn't he on Ultimate Fighter? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he was. And uh I mean, for me, my biggest memories of him are just like he had great promos and like incredible look and the ring card stuff in Invicta. That I mean, for me, that's what I'll always think of when it's him. But but he was a hell of a fighter. And uh, I was shocked when when he I don't know, was he cut or or did or did his contract just run out? Do you, do you remember? I think it was a, a situation where his contract 
had run out and he was coming off of a, a couple of, we'll just say uneventful fights, yeah. fights, yeah. you know, and, and this was at a time where, where they were cutting a lot of people or letting a lot of people go who weren't really having exciting fights. And unfortunately, like, like Elias, you know, ultimate fighter winner on the, on the uh, nation season with, that was uh, Canada. I think it was Canada, Australia, Canada, right? Canada, Australia, yeah. Australia, and you know he had a solid record. I mean, he was eight and three with the UFC, uh, only a two, only two finishes, two finishes. Everything else with the decision. He's you know his biggest win, win in my opinion, probably either over Sam Alvey or Eric Eric Anders. Three losses came to Tiago Santos, Brad Tavares, and Derek Brunson. So it's not like he was. Losing to bad guys, it was just you know, no. just just you know, he he had a pretty solid UFC run there, but just yeah, you know, a sad situation, colon cancer that you know took Chadwick Bozeman and and uh, and all that. And it's just that's a that's a tough one to get through, and it's a very sad situation. And Elias was a big proponent of using uh marijuana as as for med or medical marijuana to help recover yeah. for for uh injuries for MMA athletes he is big big one of that big push on that push on that and you know that might be one of his lasting legacies in the sport was you know getting getting people behind in commissions behind the you know therapeutic use for medical marijuana and in his very last fight he got a TUE TUE for it. it's <laughs> kind of not a big thing now because now that uh, commissions and USADA in particular has stopped testing for marijuana it's kind of one of those things where fighters can kind of use it as they please for the most part most part but but a few years ago that was a big big deal and just yeah just really sad thing sad thing to to wake wake up to you. I was under the, I've been under the weather for the last two, two days. And I woke up in the middle of the night last night, like 1am, 1am to text passes. And I was kind of like, you know, you're in the middle of the night, you're half asleep. You're like, did I really just read that right? And then when I finally yeah. woke up today, I was like, Oh my God, that is, I did read that right. It's just, just sad, it's sad and unexpected. And, and yeah, it's just kind of a real, real shame. Yeah. I, I, um, you know, it, it's like 34 years old. Um, you know, and again, like guy, you know, um, probably I, you know, you got to think maybe like if he hadn't got sick, maybe would have ended up back in the UFC He'd won his last three fights on the, on the regional scene against decent fighters, you know, Matt Dwyer, Brian Baker, Hernani Perpetuo, like these are guys that have been around and he, he's not beating like scrubs Yeah, and, um, you know, but unfortunate obviously and uh you know condolences all, all obviously to his family and you know i'm sure a lot of friends very very popular guy um i uh you know a lot of fun like just you know he always seemed to be having fun you know even though the fights weren't always great you know kind of like sam alvey in, in a way like that you know like you mentioned that he'd beaten sam alvey but you know like where you know sam alvey was all about the personality but you know the fights kind of suck that was you know i guess with with Theodoro too but like you said it was during that time like he had had eight straight fights that went to a decision and you know he won five of them lost three of them you know against pretty big fighters but you know when you're not fit to getting finishes and you know it's you know and you're probably you know they were paying him former tough winner and he'd been around for a while probably was one of the you know higher paid guys in the division um, you know, those are the kind of guys you're going to cut if they're, if they don't look like title contenders. And, and I certainly, he probably wasn't a title contender. So, 
way too soon. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I said, condolences out to his family and, uh, uh might go watch some of that Invictus stuff just to put a smile on my face. <laughs> Cause uh, I, I did always enjoy that. Uh, I, I would watch the weigh-ins just to see him and, uh, it, it was it was always a lot of fun. Yeah, he's a very entertaining guy with a very yeah. entertaining personality. If you ever got a chance to be around him for, for a little bit, it's a sad situation. Yeah, I don't think I, I, I think he might have been at that Saskatoon show that I covered. He wasn't fighting on it, but I think he might have been there um, in uh, I think 2016, 2017, whatever that was. Um, how was was that? Just looking at the Sam Alvey fight. Oh no, that was Ottawa, right? Um, that was the same year, but um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, again, condolences to him, and uh, and uh, yeah, so hopefully uh, we don't get any more of these because that that sucks. Um, but uh, on on a brighter note, um, we did have um, well, we, we'll uh, we'll get into UFC two seventy nine in a second, but first we'll real quickly go over the um, contender series stuff. Uh, watched last week once again. Uh, everybody got a contract. Um, well, almost everyone. <laughs> oh yeah, right, right, yeah. The the women. Uh, for some reason, I thought they did give her give give her one, but yeah, I'm looking at it here now, and they didn't. Um, yeah, yeah. The four men who won got got contracts, two decisions, two finishes. But yeah, the the girl that was six and zero, oh, I think she'll probably get another fight on the contender series. I would think maybe next year. She's only yeah. twenty. Yeah, so. she she'll be in the UFC one day unless her career just starts to tank after this. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the Bomb Fiend brothers didn't disappoint. Um, you know, Ismail got a got a decision win, but it was a hell of a fight with Nariman Abasov, just back and forth and hard hitting. And I can't believe that there wasn't a finish there. And then uh, Gabriel Bomb got a got a first round submission with a Von Flute choke over Trey Waters, gave him his first loss. And um, yeah, and uh, yeah, though that that was pretty much the main main news coming out of it. The other contracts went to Carl Williams heavyweight and uh light heavyweight vitor petrino um any anything else uh you want to add about the show uh i'm looking forward to seeing the bonfim brothers in in the ufc proper proper being both of them look exciting as heck uh gotta get yeah. carl carl williams props he he took the fight on nine days notice couldn't train because he had a hand injury and he was giving up like 30 pounds to to jimmy lawson and, and was able to out wrestle out wrestle him and you know i'm kind of glad they're giving him giving him a chance and giving him a chance at light heavyweight with a training camp to see what he does and vitor Pacino, he he's he could be a threat at light heavyweight he's gonna need to work on his conditioning but that was a crazy fight in the him and bellato bellato our bellato did you see yeah. that yeah um almost bellator <laughs> so yeah. uh but uh, yeah, they had a they had a hell of a fight, and that was you know Petrino might might have a little something at light heavyweight, but he's definitely gonna need to work on his conditioning. But yeah, another solid show on the contender series. They've had they've had some really good fights and really good two hour two and a half hour episodes this year. I hope uh, we see Naram and Abasov uh, either in the UFC or back on the contender series because he he looked real good in that fight with Ismail Bonfim. Yeah, um, the fact that that went to a decision, I think Ismail would have would have finished most guys at the contender series level but abasov is like 32 fight veteran and uh yeah that, that was a real real good fight so um and uh this week uh you know I, I you know scanned over the names here didn't really i thought um 
I may have been familiar with Daniel Marcos because he's actually got a worldwide ranking, but I, I don't think I've ever seen him before. But a um, couple undefeated guys fighting at lightweight, Malik, Malik Lewis and Trevor Peak, both, uh, you know, 5-0, and 6-0. I got your standard women's fight, uh, uh, you know, that'll probably go to a decision. And uh, the main event is uh, Alan Bigoso against Farid Basharat, uh, undefeated featherweight, who... Uh, I think he's finished every single well, not yeah, his last seven fights. He went to a decision in his, in his first fight in his career, but uh, yeah, so probably another good show coming up tomorrow or today as you're listening. Yeah, yeah, uh, interesting fight at 185. Mario Mario Souza, this is his third fight on the contender series. He's one and one. He's fighting Ikram Alaskarov, who's a brave, brave from Brave. Uh, Oh yeah, his only his only loss is to a guy we're about to talk about him a, a bunch of times at Chimeyev, but he's a uh, twelve and zero outside of that, so that should be an interesting fight. And Farid Basarat, he was supposed to fight earlier on the Contender Series this year, but his opponent was the one that missed weight by a ton. By oh yeah, entire yeah. weight class, and and this is a big week for the Bas Basarat brothers because his brother Javid is fighting on the UFC card on Saturday, so so the, you know he could be joining his brother brother before. Is- is that the guy who uh, that one time when when he had gotten a win in UFC and he said, "How'd my brother do?" That's yeah, guy? yeah. The, yeah. The, last time, the last time both of them fought, had an official fight, it was on the same same day when it was when Javid was making his U, UFC debut and he won, and his brother was fighting at the literally the exact same time, and his his fight had ended just before just before Javid ended, and Farid had won two one as well. So yeah, it could be. Another brother combination in the UFC by the by the time Wednesday morning strolls around. I, uh, I, I one thing I thought was funny is uh, Malik Lewis. His uh, last three wins have all been by finish, and they they come for an organization called Peak Fighting, and the guy's fighting is named Trevor Peak. <laughs> <laughs> useless, <laughs> useless information. But Trevor Peak is uh, he's finished every single one of his fights, and he he finished comma worthy in his last fight. So he might be a guy to look out for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so it should, should be a f- another fun show. And uh, we got uh, two, three more of these counting tomorrow. So um, it will uh, soon be done with them. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Bo Nickel again. And, and that 17 year old, I guess is probably fighting next week. I would assume. Yeah. Sometimes soon. Yeah. Uh, all right. So UFC 279, no belt or no PFL or anything this week, uh, this past weekend. So we'll get right into the good stuff. And good Lord, Ryan, why don't you take us through what happened before this card? I mean, this is one of the wildest weeks in UFC history, history, and just a lot of unprecedented stuff. I mean, it started, where can I begin? I mean, started, I guess, Thursday. Would be the best way. That's what it started. I can't think of anything that happened before then. But Thursday was the press conference, big old pre-fight press conference. Supposed to have the fighters from the top three fights on the on the card out there. You know, doing you know doing a last minute hype job, and all of a sudden they're canceling it in the middle of it after only Kevin Holland and Lee Jingliang spoke for a couple minutes. And what happened was Kevin Holland and Kamzat Shemayev got into it backstage. And Chimeyev had uh, allegedly kicked Holland in the chest, and there was a brawl about to break out. And uh, Tiki Goshen, the longtime 
fighter and he's now a fighter manager he was backstage just he was backstage just trying to keep everything broken up but you know he kind of helps out he's one of those managers that's friendly with the ufc and helps out backstage or is always backstage and you know kind of just is always there kind of deal i guess you could say yeah. and uh he was trying to keep everything from uh from erupting because there wasn't a whole bunch of security. And then Nate Diaz's team saw him. And for some reason they thought he was with Comzot, which, which pissed them off. So they started throwing water bottles, you know, at, at Tiki backstage and it just became a whole, whole scene and they canceled the press conference and that, and yeah, people fighting. And then that was just, that was just the start of it. Then the weigh-ins came Let's see. Uh, Chamayev missed weight for his fight with Diaz. He came in at one seventy eight point five, so he missed by seven and a half pounds, which is ridiculous. His his doctors he claimed doctors told him to stop cutting. His coaches claiming the coach told him to stop cutting, cutting, and that he was very close. But uh, some of the some of this whole stuff just doesn't make sense of like how he missed by by that much, that much, and then all of a sudden then you have. Holland and uh, supposed to fight Daniel Rodriguez at a catchweight fight. So Holland weighs in one seventy nine point five for their for their fight. Uh, Diaz is not going to take Chamaya at at that weight. So they're having to scramble the card, and all of a sudden, sudden we go from a show had supposed to be headlined by Kamzat and Nate to headlined by Nate Diaz against Tony Ferguson and Kevin Holland against Kamzat Chamaya and Daniel Rodriguez versus Lee Jingliang. A complete like just swap of the top three fights in the last you know yeah. less than twenty four hours before the show started just something completely unprecedented. I yeah like literally yeah like twenty four hours I mean you know little I you know, give or take a few hours but I mean we were you know kind of following this all breakdown and you kind of had it a little bit before it was public so I think that would have might have been like maybe thirty hours before the main yeah, card would have started. I mean I had I had basically the entire the top three fights yeah they had already had that had that plan going before Comzot even officially weighed in. Because okay. I knew he was going to miss weight, and that this was going to happen. So that we get, we got Comzad uh, and Kevin Holland at the 180 pound catch weight that Holland was originally supposed to fight Rodriguez at. Then we get Rodriguez fighting Jing Liang Li at that same catch weight. So he was kind of the big loser in more ways than one, which we'll get into. Uh, but uh, because he ended up having a fight above his weight class, whereas Comzad was, you know, him and Kevin Holland. Comzat probably weighed more than him by the time they actually got in the cage, but he, uh, you know, he weighed in that, you know, they weighed in at roughly the same weight, you know, one pound difference. And, and then Nate, you know, Nate, Nate and Tony were originally scheduled to fight at 170. So that made sense. Um, I, I like there, I had two ways of looking at it when, when I saw that my first reaction was, okay, these fights are all actually better fights if in a way, but they're like better fights in the sense that they're more competitive or they could have been, well, I guess they probably were, but, um, but they were like, not as marquee in a sense that, you know, like I don't think Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson in 2022 is, a, is a pay-per-view headlining fight, but I was actually like, and I said that in our private chat, but I all, 
more I think about it, I'm not actually sure Nate Diaz and Kamzat Chemaev was either. Um, you know, that was basically a, a, a fight night headliner, but they were putting it in a really big position because Nate Diaz is a pay-per-view main eventer. And, uh, you know, and they wanted to give Kamzat that big win. Um, and now you got a guy, Nate Diaz, who just beat Tony Ferguson, spoiler alert, and, uh, and you know, probably, probably leaving the UFC. So um, that doesn't really do anybody any good. And at least, you know, if Comzat would have been there, you probably would have got a nice, impressive win. And, uh, you know, and then you can put him in a welterweight title match. But what what did you think about what they ended up doing? I thought it was, you know, considering the the circumstances, they they made chicken salad out of chicken Chicken salad out of chicken shit. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, that's true. So, but but so, do yeah, you I mean, think, like, do you think this this card would do – better worse or the same as on pay-per-view as as the previous one uh if this was if this was the the original lineup it would have been worse i thought i thought i thought uh i thought people were gonna be really into nate and comzat once saturday rolled around rolled around it was just it was just kind of the feeling i was getting as as thursday was coming along i thought people were starting to get into it and then but I think this worked out for the better. And then you have those conspiracy theorists who think that that this was all a set up, set up, and because and because and that the UFC freaked out and didn't want decided they didn't want Nate Diaz to to lose because they feel like they're there's a lot of there's a lot of people who think that uh, Nate has either agreed to resign or already resigned, and uh, and so. <laughs> That's funny, given his promo after the fight. Well, given his promo after the fight, but if you like listen, yeah, if you like listen to him all week and even afterwards, how complimentary he was of everybody. He did. He sounded like a guy who who yeah. wanted to go do something for a few months, but didn't really want to leave. And he doesn't even sense. really like. It doesn't even sound like he really has a plan. He just wants to do something I, else. I really feel like his only his only idea is to Jake Paul. It's yeah. a Jake Paul boxing match, and like and like I said, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I've publicly said on here that I yeah. think Jake Paul's going to lose to Anderson Silva, and his boxing experiment is going to be done. Yeah, his only chance to make money would be to follow his brother into pro wrestling, or or maybe try a UFC. But I don't even know if that's a good idea because he's got a long way to go. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's just like, and Nate. I mean, even if you like see listen to Nate's post fight comments. It's like this guy's thirty seven years old. Like, you know, there's not much time. There's not much time. And if he keeps having the attitude of only doing something once a year, I mean, there's just no time to do to do the stuff he says he wants. No, he says wants he wants to, to be the best to like, take over another sport. I mean yeah, like you thirty seven years old is you don't uh, have time. You don't have time. Yeah. Take a, I mean it's a yeah, everything pointed to me that he's only interested in in the Jake Paul fight, and if that doesn't come to hand, then he'll be he'll be back with the US. I guess maybe That's, if Jake beats Anderson, then yeah. maybe they might do that fight. And he does have he made a bunch of money this week. He does have a hell of the off, hell of an offer from the UFC on the table. So okay, so I mean, and you, you can are, you can go. I mean, they can go back to that combat <laughs> fight if they want to, but yeah. I don't know. I don't think they're going to book him at one seventy anymore, but. No, no, they're not. And yeah. uh, but yeah, yeah, like like I said, I've 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 said on the show show I said a few weeks ago, I was like, it's like I don't think Nate Diaz's UFC career is over with. 
Oh no. I mean, I mean, he just, you know, got to finish in a main event. I mean, it's anything but over. Uh, and even Tony, you know what? Like I kind of thought that going into this weekend, if he lost to, um, to Jing Lang Lee, uh, that his, or Lee Jing Lang, I guess is how I should say it. Um, he, um, he would be, he would, that would be it for him. Like no matter what happened, like if he lost that fight, he was done and he lost the fight to Nate Diaz, but, uh, he looked good, like I thought, you know, better than he's looked recently. And I, I think I had him winning going into the third, fourth round, or you know, it, it, it was like I, I saw scores all over the place. Like I saw Diaz thirty twenty seven. I saw, you know, I saw a few people at Tony Ferguson twenty nine twenty eight. Diaz twenty nine twenty eight as well. I don't think anybody had a thirty twenty seven Tony, but, um, but he was definitely competitive. Like I didn't, I kind of sensed that at some point something was going to happen and he's going to get finished, but. Uh, I thought if it went to a decision that he he's had a decent chance of winning a decision. Um, the the strike count was pretty close. Um, Diaz was hitting the heart, getting the harder shots, and Ferguson was reacting badly more often. But Nate kept like uh, we might as well just talk about the main event now. Like what the hell was going on in the third round? Like he just quit fighting like four times. Like. It's- it's 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 an it's a Nate Diaz fight. The fight you kind of always gotta gotta expect this. Like he was just, I think you. I don't. I. It's hard to say what exactly was going through. He's just like he. It's just like oh, landed landed some punches. It's like Tony isn't gonna do anything. I'll just stand here and wait for him to do something. I don't. I don't really know what the deal is. It's there was to- one point where I swear he quit. Like he literally. Like I thought because he got kicked in the leg. And I thought he was like, no, no, I'm done. I'm done. And he just kind of walked away and he looked like he was walking to his corner. And Tony was like, what's going on? And like, and then I was thinking back to Nick in his last fight when he just quit. And I'm like, I, I thought it was kind of the same thing. But then, no, I, I think it was more like what you're saying. Like he he was just frustrated that Tony wasn't fighting. But Tony was fighting. Like, I don't really know. What they, the just, issue was. they play they play head games. It's yeah, hard to, it's hard to know. It's hard to know. I mean, we we saw Nick Diaz lay down in the middle of the octagon in a, in a fight one time. He yeah. Just, yeah. You just never know. What the, <laughs> never know what these guys. But yeah, Tony, I mean, as far as how Tony looked. You got to remember, this was a fight that he wasn't three weeks ago. He wasn't even on this card, yeah. let alone. I mean, and then he taking a fight against Lee Jingliang, and then switching it up at the last moment. Uh, I'd like to see him with get a full training camp with Greg Jackson and Mike Winklejohn and all, all them. Yeah, it's five losses in a row, but this one really wasn't as bad as some of the other ones. You can't give him ranked opponents. I think now's the time where yeah. the fights Tony Ferguson needs to be taken are against guys like Matt Brown, Robbie Lawler, Cerrone. Uh, well, Cerrone's if, gone. If, yeah, he's gone. Cerrone's, right? Cerrone's, yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cerrone's gone. Maybe, maybe he could be the UFC 300 opponent for Jim Miller. Oh, there you go. So, there you go. Or, so. or, or as as somebody uh, somebody that we are both uh, fans of said, uh, we won't say who. Diego. <laughs> yeah, Diego. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bring it yeah, back. Ma, yeah, yeah. Mox had a good idea there. He, yeah. you know, Diego, yeah. But, uh, yeah. but uh, no, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's done, though. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, he's done as, as a contender. He's, but... he's done as a contender, but he still, he still has value. You know, you put him in with those guys who are of similar ages and have had similar experiences and similar similar to that i mean you can you can stretch them out out a little bit and you know let them you yeah. know, hold 
hopefully hopefully let him retire on his own terms instead of for kind of forcing him out. And he's still got some value and he's still he's still very popular with all the fans, you know, by all the reactions he was getting and all that. So so he's still got some value in my opinion. To casual fans, I mean, he's probably a bigger name than Comzat. So, you know, when, when you're yeah. making that kind of last-minute impulse decision whether or not you're going to buy and you see Tony Ferguson and Nate Diaz, you're like, hey, that sounds cool. And, you know, not really realizing maybe that Tony Ferguson's better days are behind him. Um, NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And you know what? I didn't even realize until I was listening to a recap of of the show, and it didn't matter anyways. But I didn't realize the co-main was also five rounds. Yeah, like, that that was part of getting Holland to okay to take it. I have a, here real quick before we move on from Ferguson. Yeah, or move move on. One more thing about Ferguson. What do you think about him against Connor? Ferguson against Connor. That's a great fight. Think it is now. Yeah, Still, even, even with Tony being on five straight losses. Oh yeah, because I mean that it gives Connor a win, and then you can put Connor in a big fight, and people will believe it more. You can put him against Nate, if but Nate doesn't seem to want that fight, or um, you know, Nate, uh, Nate, Nate wants that fight. He wants oh, that fight now. Okay, well, he wants that go. fight now. But I, I think I still think you know wait on Connor to get back before that yeah. happens. Or even, you know what? I mean, it's, it's crazier things have happened, but they could put him against Oliveira too. Yeah. Um, you know, but if he beats Ferguson, like that's stupid, but it just I mean, yeah. It just seemed like like, you know, going in the day Friday and Saturday if you if you're paying attention to Connor's Connor's uh Twitter, he was seemed to be angling for for a Ferguson fight. So that Well, that would crazy. be similar to fighting Cerrone in his comeback yeah. last time, right? Yeah, exactly. Similar kind of fight. Yeah. Um how did you have it scored going into the fourth? I had it 30-27 Diaz. Okay. Okay. Yeah, see I just I couldn't give him that third round. Like I the the the, the way he just I, I I didn't even know what he was doing, but I just like felt like he wasn't even fighting, so I I just didn't feel right about giving him the round, but it was it, doesn't, it was, ended up not he, mattering anyways. Ferguson in my opinion Ferguson was winning that round until about the last minute when Diaz started yeah. chasing him down and landing yeah. landing a bunch of flurries against the fence. Absolutely. That's, so and we and we we I don't think we mentioned it yet, but uh, Diaz won with a, a guillotine, two minutes fifty two seconds into the fourth round, and uh, yeah, got the got the win, uh, submission win. He did the tried to get the pose in <laughs> as the ref was uh, was pulling him off of uh, Ferguson. Didn't quite get it in time, but he was going for that visual, um, his classic uh, pose that Daniel Bryan kind of stole off him, or Bryan Danielson. I'm my apologies if you're listening. Which he's not. Easy there, um, Jr. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, don't get me started on Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to get, I had to get that in, though. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> uh, no, JR's a good dude. Um, and and uh, yeah, and the co-main, this is a bizarre fight. Um, Kamzat and Kevin Holland just went for a takedown like right away. And, and Kevin Holland's like a freaking worm. Uh, you know, you're trying to take down a worm. And eventually Kamzat did it. And uh, and then, you know, just kept him down and eventually worked his way for Dars. I think this was like, was it the third or fourth fight that Kamzat didn't absorb a strike? Yeah, um, yeah. Either one of them landed a significant strike, and there was only, <laughs> there was only one strike landed in the fight. It was by yeah. Kamzat. The 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 post fight promo was way more interesting than the fight. Um, Kamzat just he's insane, um, and yeah. he's going to be the most hated guy in the company if he isn't already. Um, and uh, you know, and that's probably going to mean big money down the road. You know, for him and whoever he fights. <sighs> maybe i don't know i mean people you know his where he comes from and the way he's acting is kind of a scary combination right there right okay just having the having the uh backing of who he has we'll just say no (laughs) no i know i know you know who i'm talking about right i know i know yeah like like that's kind of a scary scary combination you know being being acting the way he does and being involved with that guy yeah yeah it's so so i mean but uh at the same time like it's just i mean i don't know who's who can stop his wrestling i don't know like do you you think they're gonna try to find a spot for him on that abu dhabi card if something falls through no No. okay oh you said that pretty quick no no he's not uh if anything he won't fight again until december And it's definitely going to be at middleweight. I saw a lot of people suggesting comms out against Colby saying that's the only re that's the only way you'll ever get Colby Covington cheered. I don't think that'll work. I don't even think that'll work. Well, unless Colby's going to move up. Colby. Yeah. But, uh, but if comms out's moving up, moving up, uh, you know, 185, I know he probably doesn't want to fight at 185 because Darren Till and him are buddies and he'd be, you know, kind of block until, but at the yeah. same time, uh, I mean, Chemayev at one eighty five, you know, he's just as good, just as good. Yeah. It seems like the one guy he doesn't want to fight though is Robert Whitaker. So, so because he he brought a he brought up, it, it was funny. Everybody, you know, every he was being asked all these questions about all these different people, people after the fights and his whole after the fight his whole thing is like I kill them all I kill them all and somebody asks him about Robert Whitaker he's like oh I like that guy he's very good <laughs> so, which makes it sound like sound like he's not interested in fighting Robert Whitaker at all so yeah so yeah but uh, well he I mean and and he in his mind he thinks he can do one seventy and one eighty five and yeah. win both belts and defend both belts and I mean dude. You're not going back to welterweight. His um, his coach says that it's getting harder for him to make 170, and he contributes that to just the long term effects yeah. of COVID. And, well, doesn't uh, he? He walks around at like 205, 210, too. That's a, probably that's a so. Good I, mean, cut. I mean, that's a good cut. I mean, it's probably what guys like Usman and Edwards walk around in at their peak. So true. It's not, true. Any, it's not any more than it's than kind guys, of but. brings you back to kind of almost needing like a cruiserweight um, or like, I don't know what you'd call it, but like 180 is probably the perfect weight for him. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, just Kevin Holland few, too, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Holland 175 would be perfect for him. <laughs> yeah. Cause for he's him. too small for middleweight and welterweight. 
or you know he he can I, he looks fine at welterweight like yeah and, and if he has no issues making welterweight then then yeah. welterweight's perfect for him but uh but yeah but uh comes i was just like super impressive it's hard you can't you got to give holland props he got he got a big paycheck he got a big contract out of the out of this and and I think you know. I think if he had if he had ample time to prepare for Comzat, it might be a little bit of a different story. I don't know how. There's still a lot of questions about Comzat. Yeah, he took Holland down. Holland's not the greatest wrestler or submission defense person. We've we've we know this. We know this, but uh, the the questions that we had on Comzat are still going to be there. And I think the weight cut weight cut issues will only amp- amplify it when it comes to like, okay, you know what. What is this guy? Is he going to get tired? Is he going to be able to withstand a storm from an opponent? So it, it, we'll see one day. Even in a two-minute fight, he kind of almost looked like he was getting tired. <laughs> yeah, that so, too. So. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's yeah. So that was that. And then the uh, the other fight that was new, uh, Daniel Rodriguez won a split decision over Li Jianglang. Uh, Almost everyone scored this fight for Lee, as I did. Um, but Rodriguez, you know, somehow got a decision. Uh, crowd booed him. It wasn't like a robbery. It was more like just kind of a bad decision, um, you know, like because all the rounds were close. But, you know, I think most people thought that that Lee had won, done enough to win and uh, he didn't. And it kind of sucks because, again, you know, like we said, he was fighting a much bigger dude. And uh, hopefully – they kind of just book this as if he won and, and, you know, maybe even do Lee Holland. You know, they haven't fought before, have they? Uh, no. Yeah. That, to me, that's a good fight, but yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. What did you think of this one? Well, if you go by the MMA fighting robbery, <laughs> robbery score, they say it's not a robbery. And when you look at the decisions on the, uh, when you look at MMA decisions, and the media scores that says it's a robbery. Uh, me, I had it for Jingliang, uh, but I thought there was some close stuff. I, close stuff in the rounds that were, were honestly all three rounds probably could have gone either one, either yeah. one in my opinion. So, I mean, it's it wasn't overly. There wasn't one person that clearly won anything, which yeah. which kind of just keeps it, you know, keeps it close, keeps it close. I mean. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was an okay fight. It wasn't anything super exciting. It was good. I don't know why the fans were booing because it was, it was good. But it was, it was one of those fights where where neither guy did anything to like outwardly win the fight, and it was kept close. And when you have close fights like this, like this, just happens. I mean, you know, the, maybe the maybe the wrong guy won, but it you know shit happens like this all the time. I guess uh, they were probably just booing because they didn't agree with the decision. Was was what I thought. But, um, they were booing during the fight. So, oh uh, yeah, do, yeah, you know what? It, you know, it's probably just because they had just had like two two finishes before that, two pretty good fights, and then you had this one that was just kind of two guys, you know, just kind of fifteen minutes of, you know, boxing, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty know, much, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, let's do our three stars. Uh, I think I, I did it first last week, so I'll I'll let you go first and uh, and speak of the, the wonders of Huggy Bear. Yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna go Johnny Walker. 
uh, Johnny Walker getting getting a first round submission over Ian Kudalaba. Both of them got takedowns, but Walker was able to get the back, locked in a rear naked choke, got Kudalaba to tap. Tap. Uh, you know, Walker had lost four or five coming in, and this was a big, big uh, fight for him to to see what his future is going to be. I thought with a loss, he very well could have been out of the UFC, but he gets the win here. He stays ranked. And we'll uh, we'll see what they do with him ne- him next, and you know if he's going to make a comeback to being a light heavyweight contender. I'm going to leave Huggy Bear for you. So, okay. so my number t- my number two, I'm going to go Jalton Almeida. He just ran through Anton Turkali, just absolute thrashing. Took him down immediately, and then took him down again, and just dominated from the from the top, and uh, just just. Uh, yeah, submitted him with a rear naked choke in the first round. Almeida looks like every bit of a contender. Contender. He's been fighting at heavyweight, technically heavyweight these last two fights, but he goes down, back down to light heavyweight. Jeez, that's that's a killer right there. And my third star, I'm going to go with Irene Aldana. Uh, her and Macy Chieson was they were having a back and forth, very competitive fight for the first two rounds, but and then Aldana while on the mat in the third round, landed an up kick to the yeah. liver oh. that just made Macy Chieson crumble the mat and it was over. And it was kind of like one of the, it was one of these, like when you saw it happen in real time, you're like, what the hell just happened? And then when you realize what happened, it's like, holy I, th- I thought it was a low blow. Yeah. Like it, you know, yeah. like, yeah, I was just like, you'd never see that. You'd never see an up kick to the yeah. liver in the fight. So, I mean, it's just got to give you, her, you will give now. Her props. Yeah. <laughs> got to give her props for that one. Yeah. Um, so back in the, um, in the fifties, it's well before my time, even more before your time, there was a famous playoff game, uh, between the Montreal Canadians. I don't know who they were, who they're uh, playing, but it was the Montreal Canadians were, were playing and it was uh Stanley cup finals and, uh, final score was five to one and Maurice, the rocket Richard scored all five goals. So they do the thing called after the game called the Molson Cup three stars. It looks kind of like what we do, the three stars. Yeah. And they say, Le Premier Etoile, the third star from the Montreal Canadiens, Maurice the Rocket Richard. Le Deuxième Etoile, the second star from the Montreal Canadiens, Maurice Rocket Richard. Le Premier Etoile, the first star from the Montreal Canadiens, Maurice Rocket Richard. Dude. All three. Let's go, Vegas! I love you! Chris Barnett, that was amazing. Congratulations, sir. Appreciate it. It was a wild one for as long as it lasted. <laughs> Yo, they gonna say heavyweights. We don't be out here throwing. We don't be out here doing it. Let me tell you right now. Me, dudes like Jake, that's what we do. That's why we in this. We shout to the best organization in the world, UFC. That's what we are. That's what we do. We come out here for y'all. And I love it. Thank you for the love and everything. This means the world to me. This means the world to me. I love y'all for real. From the bottom of my heart. From the bottom of it. Thank you. We're nothing without y'all. Nothing. Stand up for yourselves. Stand up for yourselves. Oh my God. 
<laughs> you could hear that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I, <laughs> what a promo. Um, and the fight was, I mean, insane. Jake Collier was like, just, just beat this guy within an inch of his life in the first round. His face looked like he, he'd been beaten with a bat. He like, he couldn't even open his eye. His like, he had something with his cheek, looked like it was falling off. And then somehow the guy gets Jake Collier down in the second round and just beat the living shit out of him until he, he couldn't take no more. And like, it was unbelievable. Like, Oh my God. The, the all three stars, Chris Barnett. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's yeah. He, he gets all three stars from me. My God, what a promo go find this. And then he did like, so after he won, he did like a, a, a somersault flip and he landed on his ass. Like, yeah. Like he does, spread. like he does every time. Like Yeah. He, yeah. But if you haven't seen it, it's worth checking out. And then, and then he, he, he was like dancing, like fat guy dancing. It was beautiful. And god like i was so happy watching this and i like if the fight card ended like if you know lights went out and they had to end the show i mean the pay-per-view hadn't even started yet but i i would have been happy like that that was that was kicked off the 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 prelims on what was it espn news um but man that was so good and i i it sucks that probably not nobody saw it but um my god what a what a what a performance from Chris Barnett and Jake Collier too. Uh, hopefully he's back because uh, that that was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a really it was really great. It was my favorite fight of the night. I'll put you the put it that way. It was, a, it was the fight I had the had rated the highest. It was just a slugfest. It was, you know, we see just a heavyweight slugfest. Everything you ask for for two guys who are weighing. 200 well, well barnett miss, miss was like the third fighter to miss weight at heavyweight second second, okay. second, second official yeah. one yeah one and but an even collier weight 265 so these guys are probably every bit of like 280 or yeah. more just beating the crap out of each other and then chris barnett you know that Bar- guy's Barnett's like guts hanging below his knees yeah and it's like, like, it's like that guy's that guy's like a cult hero he's gonna oh be a, such a fan favorite him fan and favorite. Derek lewis oh my yeah. god <laughs> and like i said i mean chris barnett his last fight was in the apex he needs to fight nowhere except in front of fans yeah like yeah you know and and it's a good story for chris barnett because those of you who kind of don't know because he kind of kept us quiet he was talking about a little bit his wife actually died in may Oh no! Your wife, I didn't know that. Girlfriend, yeah, yeah. Whenever he fought in April against Martin Boudet, Boudet, his, I don't know if they were married or it was long term relationship or what, but he called her his wife, his wife. But uh, she was in the hospital at the time, dying. Whenever he, basically, oh, when he took that fight, and Dana White was was got on to him about about you know why are you taking that fight? You should have pulled pulled out and and it just seems like from everything i've heard dana loves him loves him he missed weight he even though he missed weight and was ineligible for performance bonus dana said he was going to take care of him and all that so so yeah chris barnett is just he's he's probably one of the five easiest fighters to root for in the ufc just yeah. such a such an entertaining individual oh my god yeah if you haven't seen the fight definitely because you know it was on the prelims maybe you didn't go watch it um it's you know it'll be on uh fight pass um and and definitely watch the post fight stuff because yeah, my yeah. god that was so it was reminded me of moxley's promo that kicked off aw dynamite in yeah. a way 
you know, just rah rah. The company is the best, and yeah. you know, it, oh my god, yeah. fight fight class or ESPN plus if you have yeah. for those. Here, yeah. Here oh yeah. Have, yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing I didn't know, I didn't mention earlier, and I was meaning to in the uh, in the main event, um, and I uh, is uh, that Nate Diaz uh, was you know talking before the fight that he was going to leave UFC, and uh, and he comes out. Even though he's planning on leaving UFC, he gets huge cheers from the crowd, and he's walking out to a Rolling Stone song. He's like, "Hmm, this sounds familiar." <laughs> this is the AW pay per view last weekend. Uh, yeah. Same thing. Rolling um, Stones, and then went right into Snoop and Dre, and then went right into Tupac. So, well, we didn't get that great, last week. It was we just a great mixture of songs for him. But yeah, yeah. There, there's your answer for. Uh, uh, I, our buddy David had a thing in the Fight Game Media Group about uh, artists whose uh, music that you would want if you were stranded on a desert island, and that's that's a pretty good mix right there. Yeah. All right. So take us through the rest of this card because there was some good performances other than yeah. the ones we mentioned. Yeah, it uh, kicked off with a, a welterweight fight. Johan Lanes uh, split decision over Darian Weeks. I thought this was the weakest fight on the card. Wasn't much to it. I actually thought Weeks won the fight. I had given him, given him a second and third round, third round. But it was a fight that could have gone either way. Not much, not much to it. Then we had a women's strawweight fight. Elise Reed unanimous decision over Melissa Martinez, 29-28 across the board. Reed uh, won the first and the third. She dropped Martinez in the first and then dominated with the rest and then the third. Pretty much the story of the fight. Fight right there. Reed looked good, in my opinion. Uh, then we had a bantamweight fight. Alating Hale, uh, unanimous decision over Chad and Helliger. Hale just was dominant on the feet with punches that were rocking in Helliger throughout the fight. And Helliger you know, tried to spark a comeback, but he was just getting hurt by punches from Hale over the 15 minutes, and Hale won all three rounds. So it was a good, good little scrap there. Then we had a women's featherweight fight. Norma Dumont, unanimous decision over... Danielle Wolf, 30-27 twice and 30-26. This was a complete mismatch. I mean, Wolf, Wolf was the former boxer. She's a former boxer, but she's only 1-0 in MMA, and she's 39 years old, old, making her UFC debut against Dumont, who's very good. And Dumont uh, just, she rocked her several times, and then there was the wrestling in the second and third round. Third round was particularly dominant. The one more the one thing about Dumont in this fight was was her fight IQ was not the best because she <laughs> she especially in the second round like she dropped Wolf and then and then uh, let her get up and instantly clinched clinched with her instead of capitalizing and then she rocked Wolf again and they went to the ground and she just got in the guard and just laid on top instead of trying trying to finish it wasn't very. You know, you got to capitalize on those mistakes. I thought Dumont could have finished her, but still, dominant decision win for Dumont. Then the uh, featured prelims kicked off with Chris Barnett, second round finish over Jake Collier. It's a fight worth going out of your way to see. We'll leave. Paul just talked about it. It's just tremendous stuff all around. Then we had a middle, middleweight fight. Dennis Tallulan, uh, sec finished Jamie Pickett in the second round. Thought they had a very competitive first round that Pickett. And I thought Pickett slightly won it, though Tululin was doing some damage. Uh, second round came. They were trading early in the second. Second, then a groin strike happened. It was a second groin strike called in the fight. The first one was kind of close, borderline 
probably not a groin strike, but this one was, and then Tululin got a point taken away. And then after that, he just came out, just blitz and pick it to, to get the finish and ended up fin- rocking him a bunch and hitting a knee that dropped, dropped pick it to the ground and punches ended it off with about eight seconds to go in the second round. Then we had Jalton Almeida, first round submission over Anton Tercali that I talked about. And then in the featured prelim, Julian Arosa had a strong, strong performance, uh, unanimous decision over Hakeem Dawadu. Thought this was a big upset in my opinion. Dawadu did miss weight by three and a half pounds, but Arosa just the striking, his striking was really strong throughout the fight fight and his wrestling held up and actually took Dawadu down a couple times and and dominated on the ground to get to the decision very good showing from Arosa. then we had the main card we've kind of gone over everything but uh started Johnny Walker in Ion Kudalab in the first Irene Adanya knocked out Macy Chase on with the up kick to the body in the third round then Daniel Rodriguez split decision over Li Jing Liang Kamza Chimaev submitted Kevin Holland in the first with a dark choke, and Nate Diaz submitting Tony Ferguson in the fourth with a guillotine choke. Don't bet against Juicy J. Told you that last week. Um, Hakeem, the Canadian dream. If Jason Hoglund's listening, that was just for him because I know his nickname is Mean, but I call him the Canadian dream. Uh, But he was no match for Juicy J on this night. So uh, yeah, that was that was the uh, the show. Um, they were uh, T-Mobile, five point six seven million dollar gate, nineteen thousand one twenty five. So was that a sellout? Yeah, twenty fifth. Okay, twenty fifth straight sellout. Okay, because I know there were there were thought that it might not sell out, but they must have probably reduced tickets at the end to to get the most nah, gold. No, nah, no, nah, nah, the person I heard from that that was claiming it wasn't selling out had wrong information. <laughs> okay, okay, but that's. Because that seems low for Vegas, or is, is that about right? It's about right. Okay, okay. Because it's an average ticket price, I guess, about 300 bucks. Um, and uh, the bonuses went to Nate Diaz, Irene, Irene Aldana, uh, Johnny Walker, and Jailton Almeida. And, of course, Barnett would have got bonus, but he missed weight. So, But Danny's going to take care of him. So that was, uh, that was UFC, and uh, I guess no more fans for a while. Um, I guess Abu Dhabi's the next one with fans. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're back at the Apex uh, next week, um, and then we got a week off, and then and then it's October. But uh, main event next week, which uh, I would not have been able to tell you before you sent me the notes. Uh, <laughs> Corey Sanhagen and Yong Song, good fight, honestly. And uh, and you know, just looking over this card, it's actually I, I think a pretty solid lineup. Um, you know, like in you take away like the two top fights, it's no better or worse than than uh, the than the fight we the show we saw last week uh, or a couple days ago as we're talking. Um, but uh, pivotal bantamweight fight, uh, Corey Sanhagen was like you know inches away from a title shot, and now he's got to get back in there. And Yudong Song is one of the Chinese hopefuls that that you know they're hoping uh, will get himself into title contention. And uh, yeah, these are both top 10 fighters and uh yeah what what do you think about this one Ryan it's a very exciting matchup Corey Sanhagen is one of the one of the most exciting fighters in the sport let alone bantamweight division Song Dong has how are you Dong Song however whatever yeah, you want to call it I, which, I always do it right whichever way yeah I don't know which way is right but uh, but anyway he's got three straight wins he's only lost a one time only one loss in 10 10 UFC appearances He's what I what it, I just had twenty four years old, 
I mean, these are two exciting fighters, and that bantamweight division we talk about it all the time. But, but man, they keep producing fights of this caliber, and it, this should be nothing, nothing more than just a really explosive fight. And you know, especially in that small octagon there, there inside the apex, I'm really looking forward to this fight a whole bunch. So uh, Sanhagen's only lost uh, in UFC to three champions, Peter Yan, yeah. Aljamain Sterling, and TJ Dillashaw. And most people think you won. Well, a lot of people think you won the TJ Dillashaw fight. I wouldn't say most people. In fact, yeah. I think I might have scored it for TJ, but um, it was a split decision where Sanhagen, I think, thought he won all five rounds. Um, but, uh, you know, it was it was a close fight. And, you know, pride rules TJ probably won for sure. But um, the... Uh, yeah, and 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 Song Yudong is you know, like everything you just said. Uh, only lost once in the UFC. A lot of power at bantamweight, so it should be a good one. Um, I, my gut says it's going to go five rounds, but I wouldn't be surprised if if we get a finish. Um, just you know, because both these guys have finishing power, and uh, you know, and but yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, and then yeah, and the the rest of the fight is, you know, it's funny is on the last card they made a point of saying that. There's 15 Canadian fighters on the raw or 14 Canadian fighters on the roster. And three of them were on last week's show. Well, they got another three on this week's show. So between in two weeks, they booked half the roster almost of Canadian well, fighters. You, you, you want to know why, why that is? Cause they were supposed to go to Canada. Yeah. Originally, originally yeah. they were planning, they were planning September 10th or September 17th in Toronto, yeah. but they, you know, just, so all these fighters that were gearing up for that show. And we even had, um, Charles Jordan, uh, last weekend in, um, in fighting in, um, in France. So yeah, all those fighters probably would have all been on the Canadian card. No doubt. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, so, I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why I'm looking at this card and like, I like, but I mean, there's a lot of really good fights on here. Um, I, I don't, I, I guess we can do, you want to do your three fights you're most looking forward to. I mean, you could almost do more, but you'll go through the whole card in a bit, but there's a lot of good fights on this card. Yeah. There's, I mean, it's, it's nothing scary, nothing big as far as like names, but as far as like matchups, it's it's very good. Uh, uh, one I'm going to go with, uh, is a middleweight fight and it's not, it's not the best matchup, but it's because I'm highlighting this for, for particular reason it's joe pfeiffer yes against alan emetofsky and you know dana white was already building joe pfeiffer up off the first episode of the contender series this year you know you know be joe pfeiffer hashtag be joe pfeiffer both joe pfeiffer and he's got a he's got a good matchup for him to, to <laughs> for his debut i mean emetofsky is 0-3 in the ufc shouldn't be around this i mean this feels like you know the you know bring the new guy in new guy in and have the guy on the way out put him over on the way out way out but i mean but they seem to want to do something with joe pifer so so it's a it's a good matchup and i really i like that matchup uh second fight oh man uh i'm gonna go with featherweight fight on the main card andre Felix against bill algio both these guys always have fun fights and bill algio he's taking the fight on short notice replacing lando venata but he had a really strong uh strong uh showing in his last fight finishing herbert burns there on the long island card and andre feely is always an exciting fight so this should be a good one and my third one i'm actually going to go with the featherweight fight that's on the main on the prelims uh damon jackson against pat sabatini jackson's on a very good very good run since he's come back to the ufc he's won 
He's won four of his five fights since coming back with the only loss coming to Ilya Tapiria, which is nothing, which is, there's nothing wrong with losing to that guy, that guy, but he's got three straight wins, three straight wins. And Pat Sabatini has looked very good, very good during his four fights in UFC. UFC. He's won them all. He's dominated a lot, a lot of them. He's 17 and three. I mean, this is a very, very strong matchup, matchup there. So I like that fight. Very much. Yeah, I'm surprised that's not on the main card. But uh, again, it's it's UFC. This is a Fight Pass show, right? Um, yeah, ESPN or Plus. ESPN Plus. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, um, and, and and there could be, there will probably be some card jumbling because I don't know. So DQ Yusef was supposed to fight Giga Chikadze on the on his card, which would have been another big big show. But Chikadze had to pull out, and I don't know that they're going to get Yusef a replacement, so they'll end up jumbling around the main card. So. Yeah, the um, and I, I'm just looking at like Aspen Lad and Sarah McMahon. I mean, that feels like a main card fight, and that's in the prelims right now. So I could see that one getting bumped. Um, but again, it doesn't really matter when the whole show's on ESPN Plus, anyways. Yeah. So, um, so for me, I've got uh, my three uh, value picks. I didn't do the ROI again this week. I, I with my son, you know, in the hospital and stuff. I've been doing the afternoons. Uh, by his bedside and stuff. So I, I don't have time to do as much research as I normally do before the show. But um, Javid Basharat is uh, is a favorite, but not a huge favorite. He's only um, minus one, he's 185 right now against Tony Gravely, 180. And to me, that's that's almost a lock. He's 12-0, and 0 and uh, I, I think he's going to win uh, pretty handily over Tony Gravely. So that would be my first pick. Uh, Sarah McMahon, bantamweight against Eric, uh, Aspen Ladd is a uh, is a she's a slight uh, underdog, and I just see her taking down Aspen Ladd over and over and over again until um, until she. I don't think she'll quit, but it's just going to be rinse, wash, rinse, repeat. Um, and um, third one, this is a tough one, but I like the odds. Um, Mark Andre Barrio is plus one forty five against uh, Anthony Fluffy Hernandez. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a tough matchup, but, uh, I, I'm always going to go with my Canadians and they don't hardly ever let me down. So, um, I'll, I'll, that's my pick. So Berrio, Sarah McMahon and, uh, Javid Bashrat. I almost went with Jillian Robertson, uh, but I, she's kind of a, she's a favorite and I think I would take her as an underdog, but I don't like her as a favorite against Maria Agapova. So, uh, take us through the rest of the card. All right. We have, uh, currently 14, possibly 15 fights, but I don't want to say 14. It will be the final number. Knock on wood. Uh, all of it on ESPN plus, uh, kicks off at four Eastern time with the prelims main card at seven Eastern time, uh, starts off with a lightweight fight. Nicholas Mota against Cameron Van Camp. Uh, got a bantamweight fight. Tony Gravely against Javid Basra. That's a very good matchup. Uh, women's flyweight fight. Maria Agapova against Jillian Robertson. Lightweight fight, Trey Ogden against the debut in Daniel Zellhuber. A women's strawweight fight, Denise Gomes, who just fought a couple weeks ago on the Contender Series. Uh, she steps in on short notice to fight Loma Lupumi. Uh, women's bantamweight fight, Aspen Ladd against Sarah McMahon. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a big bantamweight fight between rank, between, I think they're both in the top 10, top 10, and, you know, that's a, uh, on the prelims, and then uh, we have welterweight fight Trevin Giles against Luis Luis Koske. Then the featherweight fight Damon Jackson against Pat Sabatini, and featured prelims middleweight fight Anthony Hernandez against Mark Andre Barrio. Main card kicks off heavyweight fight Tanner Boser, you know Canadian heavyweight heavyweight who 
who you know a lot who's loved by a lot of people. He's fighting for the first time in over a year against Rodrigo Nascimento. And you have the middleweight fight. I talked about Joe Pfeiffer against Alan Amidovsky. Then you have a uh, featherweight fight, Andre Feely against Bill Algio. Middleweight fight, Chidi and Joe Kuwani against Gregory Rodriguez. Uh, if there's a replacement found, uh, Sodiq Yusef against that replacement will be in the co-main event slot. If not, they'll just bump up a prelim fight. So, And then uh, and then main event, Corey Sanhagen against Song Yudong. Yeah. Yeah, you just reminded me they when they showed this card on the on the pay per view, it it had uh, Sadiq Yusuf against TBA or TBD, yeah. and uh, thought that was interesting because they don't usually do it like that. But I guess yeah. they really want to get uh, Sadiq on this card. Yeah, um, and I haven't I haven't heard any news on if they found any found anybody. The 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 way that they were making it out made it seem like they would pull somebody from one of these other featherweight car fights for it or something like that maybe they i guess it would them. probably be sabatini i would think out, yeah out, out of the maybe. four but because I, I i don't think you want to mess with feely algio um that's a, that's a pretty good fight um and and very different like for all four of them really like to pull them out of you know to, to i mean to not prepare for sadiq Yusef is is a tough ask for any of those four guys yeah so maybe they maybe that's why they try to get somebody else but we'll see uh hopefully stay tuned we'll we'll have some news and lots of times by the time we get to the saturday cards they're different than what we talk about here but more often than not lately the the shows have been <laughs> last week aside um the shows have been pretty much what we previewed it's been a while since we've had fights changed that i can think of yeah um, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so uh, news. There's not much you said, but uh, one, and this is one we've been talking about for a while. Uh, Poirier Chandler is official, and is at MSG, I assume. Yeah, it's uh, it was made official this past this past week. It's at Madison Square Garden on a UFC UFC uh, 281 November 12th. Uh, we talked about it for weeks. Everybody knew it was happening. The hold off and making it official was Michael Chandler was needing to sign a new deal with the UFC. I think his deal was either coming. This might have been the last final contract, or or it might have been up, or it's coming up soon. But they wanted to get a new deal done with him with him before officially signing it. So this is his first fight on his new deal. So that was the sticking point. But yeah, they made that fight and. You know, it's it sucks. That's only going to be three rounds because I wish that was a five round five round war. But uh, God, that should be exciting. There were rumors uh, at at one point that he was going to end up fighting Diaz this weekend, eh? But nothing to that. Yeah, uh, he threw his name in the cap, and he got a private Poirier threw his name in the hat, and he got it, and they had a private jet lined up, lined up. But I don't. It was never going to happen. So you think if uh if Diaz decides to re-sign that that the, he'd be looking at Poirier for maybe one of his next fights? Possibly possibly. That should have been that should have been the fight from the get-go for yeah. for yeah. no matter for no this matter show. what yeah. for this yeah, for you know, for two seventy nine or months ago, you know, whenever they try to do it, that's it should have been the fight all along. But uh yeah. it's just a matter of agreeing on a weight, right? <laughs> like they were wasn't Poirier, it that, no Poirier was going to go 170. Okay, okay. 
Um, and uh, Tiago Santos is out of UFC, and he well, he's cut by UFC, right? But he's with you know, PFL he, now. He wasn't cut from the UFC. I think they they allowed oh, him to go. He, oh. I don't know if the last fight was his last fight on his deal, or they let him negotiate his way out. But either way, he's left the UFC, going over to PFL. Honestly, the right move for him. Yeah, for him, you yeah. know his, you know he's, he's with that shoe face winning a million bucks and figured, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah, and, and <laughs> Santos has lost a lot of his most recent fights, so it's yeah. a good move for him. And uh, Leonardo Santos retired. Uh, God, that guy what is he like seventy five? Um, he's like 40, <laughs> 43 or something, yeah. for, for the longest time, he had like that just amazing record, you know, like it was like 27 and one or something at one point. And yeah. not, not that much. No. Or that, I might mix him up with somebody. Mix him uh, up with somebody. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, it's uh, not just another case of, you know, guys who were um, long time uh, stars just hanging it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's only 18, six and one. Yeah, yeah, but he was, you know, he's a Ultimate Fighter Brazil winner. But uh, yeah, he was he was eighteen three and one before losing his last last three fights. Just but he's, you know, forty two, not very, not super active, and yeah. So that's what you know what it was was he started out his UFC career by like going unbeaten in eight fights, and he had big wins. Kevin Lee. Anthony Rocco Martin, Efron Ascandero, Adriano Martin, Stevie Ray, like, you know, but uh, yeah, three, three losses in a row and, and he's done 43 years old, 42 years old. So that's, it's about the right time. Yeah. Guess, but uh, yeah. So that is uh, pretty much the news. And then just a few fight announcements, uh, some interesting ones here, not a lot, but um, yeah. what, what ones you want to highlight? Well, yeah, I I'll probably uh, talk about all of them, really. Yeah, but a uh, uh, UFC fight night on uh, October fifteenth. This fight was already announced for the car- card, but it's now the uh, main event is Alexa Grasso against Vivian Araujo. Uh, <laughs> so does I this mean, take the place of the weakest marquee main event? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? You can go to it if you want to. It's at the Apex. It only cost you cost you seventeen hundred dollars for a ticket, but uh, oh. Okay, but uh, yeah, that's what they charge for the Apex Good shows Lord. per ticket. I'll per pass. ticket, yeah. Well, I could so, get, I could get, probably get uh, credentialed, right? You could get me, you, you could get me a credential. Yeah, but I'm not but, uh, going to Vegas. Well, I might but, be going the following weekend, but I don't think there's a show. Yeah, uh, October twentieth. I'm just saying, everybody's like, everybody's talking about, you know, we need to get them out of the Apex, but but they have, they seem to sell. 50 tickets at 1700 bucks. So, so that's, who knows? what is that? 80, 85? No, is that? Yeah, that's 85 grand. That's not bad. Yeah, I mean, they're <laughs> they're selling very few of those. Hey, but still. So, yeah, but uh, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of crazy. That, that, but anyway, uh, but yeah, the main event for that show was originally supposed to be that Cannoneer Sean Strickland fight. So, right. yeah. lots of events, you know, you know, so you're going to get some weak main events. Uh, another fight for that card is Nick Maximov against Jacob Malkoon. Uh, another fight for the MSG card on November 12th, Andre Petrosky against Wellington Terman. And uh, UFC 282, December 10th, uh, Darren Till against Dracus Duplessis. That's a Ooh. big middleweight fight. So Surprising that uh, Till is booked like in on a I, – I assume that will be a main card fight, but that he's not like headlining a fight night somewhere. But I guess, you know, take whatever you can get. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's and I I'm glad 
I'm glad he can get into the U.S. after True. after yeah. all these rumors about the the uh, Daniel Killahan thing. Yeah, thing you know, and he was here this weekend with with Kamza, so he can get in the U.S. So let him come yeah. over and fight. I guess uh, they probably won't be going back to London until what, maybe next March or so. Yeah, so maybe yeah, he can fight then. Yeah, England in March or something. Yeah, he he wants to he wants to stay active, and I think he's a guy who really does need to stay active because the longer seems like the longer that fights go for him in between fights, the more injury prone he starts getting. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. All right. So that's going to just about wrap it up. So um, if you haven't already, uh, make sure to check out Ryan's coverage of the uh, UFC France show in this past weekend's observer top notch stuff. As always, I, I, as always, I read it on my lunch hour. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, you can also check out his coverage of USC 279 in this upcoming weekend's observer and, uh, and the, um, the live coverage of, uh, USP, UFC on ESPN plus 68 on wrestlingobserver.com. And you can follow us both on Twitter as we watch the fights. Um, uh, I mean, who knows if I'll watch live it, it all kind of, everything's up in the air right now. Um, you know, with the thing, but I'll definitely watch it. Uh, I almost did watch this show live, but something happened and I wasn't able to. So, uh, and then uh, for me, I don't really have anything special to plug this week. I don't think so. Just uh, check out the dynamite show on the uh, fight game media network, Patreon uh, with me and Jeff Hawkins. We'll uh, break down uh, the, uh, this coming weekend's dynamite as we head towards Arthur Ashe stadium. So, uh, so for Ryan, I'm Paul and Ryan, take us home like you always do. And like I didn't last week. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Everyone have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend. Later. <laughs>